0: The reading is one King's three, starting at, chapter, at verse 16 until the end of the, the chapter, it can be found on page 338: "A wise ruling." Now, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, "Pardon me, my lord, this woman and I live in the same house." I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast And put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. When I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, no, the the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine, and so they argued before the king the king said this one says my son is alive and your son is dead But well, that one says your son is dead and mine is alive then the king said bring me a sword so they brought a sword for the king he then gave an order cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other the woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. And the king gave his ruling Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it comes to us fresh and new every morning. As we come to this story, we pray that we may learn something about your wisdom, that you are prepared to give to us as a gift. Give us hearts that are open to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What is wisdom and where is it to be found? This is a good question in a time of a general election. In fact, we are desperate for the answer. What is wisdom and where is it to be found? And along with the story of this strange case which came before Solomon as the dispenser of justice in the courts is some message about what wisdom is and how it can be found. Two prostitutes come to Solomon with a case for him to adjudicate. Now we've just heard the story read, read really well I thought, you don't mind me saying that. Uh, So I won't repeat the story but the story says some important things about wisdom. It doesn't say everything about wisdom and it doesn't pretend there are easy solutions to every problem case. But it does say some things which are extremely important for us to remember and to hold on to. And I'm going to pick out three First, where is wisdom to be found? Wisdom is to be found in fearing God. Did it surprise you that uh, two prostitutes came to Solomon's court to seek a just judgment? Did it surprise you? In the Old Testament, kings have two major jobs to do. The first one is to conquer all your enemies so that you have peace during your lifetime in the land and the second is to give just judgment in the courts everyone has a right in Israel to a fair verdict in the courts everyone and in the Old Testament the great sin of the evil King is not ruling with justice ignoring those who don't have money or influence or reputation despising the poor because they've got nothing and those who are low down in the league table I remember somebody saying that he'd been at a dinner a big dinner where it was in honour of a member of the local government in that particular area that particular city not Durham uh, and he said to the man sitting next to him this guy's quite a guy isn't he the man they were honouring. And the man next to him said, watch how he treats those who can do nothing for him. Which is a rather bitter thing to say at dinner. (laughs) But obviously he had seen something about this man that everybody was honouring. And I remember a friend of ours who was working in another country, not Britain, who said, I came to the conclusion very quickly that our application, I won't say what they were applying for, but it was a legal application, required a certificate, our application would go to the bottom of the heap every time I brought it, unless it was accompanied with a bribe. He was not prepared to do that. Now you can see why the prophets rage against the king and the judge, who is unjust, who has no fear of God in his heart. That's what it is. Listen to Amos. You deprive the poor of justice in the courts. You sell the needy for a pair of shoes. This is a judge who says, you want to get a not, not guilty verdict? It'll cost you. Not a lot, a pair of shoes will do. And Isaiah, woe to those who deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. And time and again as you read the Old Testament, you find the same four words coming out. Widows, orphans, the poor, immigrants, stranger. They have no champion, no one to stand by them. And we might add to that list, prostitutes. The Women come for a judgment. They are prostitutes. They have no man, obviously, uh, to protect them or speak for them. And we can imagine in our way, we're men and women of the world, we can imagine the kind of conversation went on that morning uh, in the clerk of the court's uh, back room. You can hear it, can't you? We have a full list this morning, Your Majesty. Full list. Oh, really? Says Solomon, who's not slept well. What's first, then? Well, we have two women, Your Majesty. Two women, but actually two ladies of the night. What? Ladies of the night. Well, sir. How can I put it? Um, they're on the game. Your Majesty, they are hookers. What? Have I got nothing better to do than sort out punch-ups between call girls? Then the clerk of the court says, "But, Your Majesty, they, they represent the evening economy. Did you notice none of that was in the Bible? Well, I hope you did anyway. I wonder what book you're reading otherwise. In fact, of course, in fact, Solomon does not fly into a rage when two prostitutes come with a lawsuit that they want settled because Solomon knows that they have a right to call upon him for justice precisely because he is the king. And he will respond if he's a good king because he owes allegiance to the women and everybody in Israel because first of all he owes, owes allegiance to Almighty God and one day he will stand before the judgment seat of God and would say, what did you do about this person and this person and this person? The wisdom that comes from God comes from having the fear of God. And I don't know about you, but when you read this story, it's an interesting story. I heard it first, I think, when I was about eight and was in primary school, uh, we might think, well, I'm not a judge. Uh, How does this affect me? But actually, most of us, within any given week, I think, will find ourselves in a position of power and authority over someone else. Now, of course, this is true if you happen to be a local magistrate or a judge. But it will also be true of the teacher, Lecturer, policeman, carer in a nursing home, you've seen that, doctor, line manager, parent, church minister, bureaucrat, the security man at the door who won't let you in the clerk behind the glass screen that you can't get to, the official who handles all the complaints, the shop assistant who is just bored with people like you and can't be bothered really even to say good morning. Just get shot of him for goodness sake, wasting my time. And it is easy in these roles to deal very quickly and perfunctorily with people. I've got better things to do. Just think about what's going on here with these women God's wisdom requires the most powerful man in the whole of Israel to referee an argument between two prostitutes wisdom gives everyone the right to just treatment and that applies to us when we are in the position of power where shall wisdom be found first in fearing God Wisdom is found in those who fear God. Second point, uh, Solomon was given by God. Remember what Maeve said last week? If you were here last week, he was given, she said, a listening heart. That's the second thing. Maeve stressed how vital it was for people of wisdom to listen carefully to other people. Listen to those, she said, who we agree with and those we disagree with. Listen to those who have good arguments and those who can hardly put two words together to understand what the world looks like to them, where they're coming from, why they take the position that they do, even when you think they're absolutely balmy. Listen until you can put into words what and why they hold the views that they do hold. And I would say, and you know what I'm referring to, especially at a time when shouting seems to have taken the place of discussion and violent abuse standing instead of thoughtful disagreement. God gave Solomon a listening heart. And Solomon is listening with his heart. The women are allowed to tell their story, it's a tricky case. Like the worst cases, there is no evidence either way. And rather amusingly for Solomon, I suppose, one of the witnesses was actually asleep when it happened. This is not good. You're looking for evidence if you're in a law court. There are conflicting views. It's one of those cases where it's your word against hers and hers against yours. What do you do there? And Solomon listens. Listens with his mind, with his heart. And I guess with his knowledge of human motivation and behavior, and I would argue he listens with creative imagination. Where did the idea of bringing a sword in come from? Now, some say Solomon was serious. He proposes to cut the child in half, because that is the only way to settle the dispute. And at least the sword represents strict justice, equity. You both claim the baby is yours, and 50-50 is absolute fairness. You do the math, says Solomon. One baby chopped in two, and you get half each. What could be fairer than that? But I doubt if Solomon is serious. I don't think Solomon has the slightest intention of halving the baby. But he does get under the surface of the words One woman, verse 26, is stirred with compassion, literally stirred in her womb, deep down. Give the child to the other woman, she says. And in a response from the other woman, which is a dead giveaway actually, woman number two says, "Hmm, well at least that stops her having the child. I may not have the child, but she doesn't get him either. Seems pretty fair to me. And Solomon is listening with the heart. And he opens up what's going on underneath the words. Where shall wisdom be found? First, in the fear of God. And secondly, in the listening heart. And the last point. I would say something like, and in deciding for life. Wisdom decides in favor of life do you ever think what might have happened if both women had said yeah sure cut the baby in half if they both said that would that have been a problem well what would Solomon have done and this is just my guess now he never intended to harm the child in fact Solomon listens to the only person in the court that hasn't got a voice The only person who can't speak is the baby. And Solomon is much more interested in the baby than in the women. What is the claim of the baby? And Solomon decides for life. What would have happened if both women agreed the baby should be killed? Well, I'm imagining this, but I imagine Solomon saying something like this. Do you both want him killed? Well, I can tell you this. Neither of you are going to get him. He will be given to a wet nurse who will bring him up, possibly even in the palace. It worked with Moses. It may be a good thing for this baby. Neither of you are going to get him because he votes for life. And the important life in the room is the baby. So there is a principle which says wisdom is constantly looking for life rather than death. We often pray, particularly at this time, that God will give us rulers, politicians, who will seek the common good? I hear that phrase coming in prayer after prayer. When Christians are talking, it constantly comes up. And often it's hard to know exactly what that means. But I think we're right to look for it. How will our decisions serve human flourishing, let's put it like this, rather than withering of the spirit? How will our decisions serve cooperation rather than discord? Growth, in all its senses, rather than decrease. Health, rather than weakness. Love, not hate. How will they serve life, not death? We look for the road that leads to life. What is wisdom? In fearing God, in a listening heart, and in deciding, how you can, for life rather than death. Uh, And I should stop there really because that's the end of that bit. Uh, But I'm just thinking this is the end of what's been a long series, the whole of the autumn and next week is uh, Advent uh, 1 and we will be looking very much towards Christmas. So I just leave us, if you like, with a comment on Solomon but it sort of spills over into some of the other people we've been looking at. We have been looking at the wisdom which comes from on high. There is a very sad side to Solomon's story. If you read on the next 10 chapters, you will see that if your values and your heart are wrong, your wisdom will turn into shrewdness and cunning and manipulation and knowing how to get your own way. And at the end of Solomon's reign, what have we got? We've got an incredibly powerful and wealthy state Israel did all right. Uh, We've got a monarch dripping in gold. We've got building projects that take your breath away. But you've also got forced labor, compulsory taxation, foreign marriages which bring with them foreign gods, some of whom demand that... You must give some of your children to the fire, burn them alive. And the bonds of covenant which linked Israel with God and Israelite with Israelite, at the end of Solomon's reign, they've been pulled so tight that they're ready to snap and they will snap very soon after Solomon's death. That's not a very good thing to bequeath to the future. So Solomon is good, but lots wrong with him. Why are we doing this series then with people who are flawed? Week by week by week we study people who are flawed. Well this series is to foreshadow and point towards King Jesus who says a greater than Solomon is here. And that's when we start to look at the real wisdom of God Jesus sees into the hearts of human beings but uses the wisdom to treat them with love he seems not to be aware of an underclass he exercises power but it is the power of love and if necessary the way of suffering Solomon's great descendant Jesus has a short way with all the wealth he says look at the lilies of the field Solomon in all his glory was not dressed like one of these that's Jesus talking He has a realistic and radical view of money, building not in silver and gold. Jesus builds with the stuff of human lives. The kings of the earth exercise dominion over their subjects. And King Jesus says, it shall not be like that with you. You are to be servants of one another. Jesus has his own version of Solomon's dream. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Where Solomon compromised, Jesus is single-mindedly focused on the will of the Father. Where Solomon broke the bonds of covenant, Jesus knits them together in his own blood. A greater than Solomon is here. that's why we look at these people. So we who long for the wisdom that God gives... The difference between Solomon and Jesus. And as I was doing that, the exasperated cry of the prophet Micah, that's how I hear it, came to me. At the end of a bit of a discussion of this kind of thing, Micah suddenly says, What does the Lord require of you? I'll tell you, to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And we say, OK, Micah, we got it.
0: Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham Podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnext.org.uk